Hi everyone, it's your host Sam Evans and welcome back to another episode of Lifestyle Redesigned. So today I would love to introduce somebody who I have wanted on this podcast for a very long time ever since I had founded her community and her name is Beth Santos. In 2009, she created the first iteration of Wonderful as a travel blog aimed to explore the diverse and shared experiences of women traveling the world. Today, over 10 years later, Wonderful has become an international community and social network with the active participation of over 40,000 women and gender diverse people of all ages and backgrounds. This community was created to help women travel the world and not just give them the tools to get out there, but operate an ecosystem of consumers, content creators, and travel brands to help shift the travel landscape for women worldwide. In 2014, Beth created the WIT Travel Creator Summit, which I was lucky enough to attend this year, which is the leading event for for women and gender diverse travel creators, entrepreneurs, and industry to use their voices to champion change in the travel industry and is now hosted annually in two continents. Now in 2022, Wonderful had launched Wanderfest, which I was also lucky enough to attend in New Orleans, which is the first major outdoor travel festival by and for women. The community that Beth has created has been recognized in top publications such as Lonely Planet, Skift, the Boston Globe, the South China Morning Post, Forbes, Business Insider, and the Chicago Tribune. Now, Beth has been recognized in Business Insider as one of the 17 change makers transforming the hospitality image, in Time Out as one of the 10 people shaping the future of Boston, as well as the Boston NO 50 on Fire, a Chicago Scholars 35 under 35 young leader making an impact, and finally, as if all of that wasn't enough, Beth was recognized by the Obama administration as one of the top 100 travel bloggers in the U.S. Let's just say that Beth is a woman of all trades. She has done everything from being a keynote speaker to obviously an entrepreneur, a marketing consultant for the travel and tourism industry, and a supportive coach who thrives on helping people build lasting, impactful communities. When I had first met Beth at Wanderfest in New Orleans this year, I knew instantly that she was somebody that I wanted to grow to be like. With everything that she's created, it's just crazy to me of how many possibilities there are out there and how much we can actually do to impact the world. Like, I really think that that's my favorite part of everything that Beth's done is that she has impacted, like personally impacted so, so many people around the world. And one day I really hope to do the same. Throughout this episode, we really get to know Beth and everything that she's been through and everything that she's created as she dives deeper into the journey of an entrepreneur. I really hope you guys learn just as much as I did by listening to this episode. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. Hi, Beth. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Sam. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped. Of course. Of course. So for anybody that doesn't know you, and actually a lot of my followers are from Wonderful, so they might know you. (laughs) Yay! Awesome. Hi, followers. (laughs) (laughs) But for those of you who don't, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of talk about like who you are and what's your story. 
Yeah. So my name is Beth. I'm the founder and CEO of Wonderful, which is an international collective of travelers and travel content creators. And we're on this mission to make travel better for all women worldwide. And that means a number of things. You know, we started as a blog in 2009. It was just me traveling on my own, sort of experiencing the world as a solo female traveler. And it turned out that this blog that I had been building was actually a business that had kind of been bubbling underneath the surface. And today we have an international membership community. We have 50 chapters all around the world to connect women travelers together. We do a lot to advocate for a more inclusive travel industry. And we do a lot to support women who are content creators in the travel space as well. So we've built conferences and festivals and we run marketing campaigns and we do a lot to really support and connect women to each other, which I think is our best asset when we travel and to make a better travel industry overall. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, when you were growing up, were you, did you think that this was going to be your thing? Like, were you like, oh, I'm a writer. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Like (laughs) here's what I'm going to do. Well, so two things to say about that. The first is that you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, were you always planning on like this business? And did you always know like where Wonderful was going to go? And I said, you know, I couldn't have known because in a lot of ways we've built the industry that we operate in. I mean, content creation wasn't even a thing when I was growing up, you know, social media wasn't even a thing when I was growing up. And so, but it's funny because I was just, I was just having breakfast with an old high school friend who I literally haven't seen in like 15 years. And we were talking because she was like, you know, Beth, I look back on what you've created. And it is like, so obvious that you would go this route. Like it's just so in line. And I thought about that too, because, you know, I wasn't really creating businesses in, in my eyes, I guess I actually was, but that's another story. I mean, I wasn't really like on this path of, Hey, I'm going to, you know, start a business, but I have built communities all throughout my life. I mean, in high school, I had created a group of friends with, I had created a, it's not a Google group. It was a Yahoo group, like an email list for a bunch of my friends. And we would throw parties. And, and my friend Avila, when we were having breakfast, she was just like, you have been doing this ever since you were a teenager, bringing people together and throwing parties and events and connecting them with each other and giving them access to each other. And like, that's at the heart of who you are. And I think when I, when I look at it that way, it's like, oh, obviously this would be what I do today because this is, this is who I've always been, but I just never saw myself in that light. Right. Right. I think it's, cool coming from someone. So you're obviously, you know, older than I am. I just graduated college. So yeah, I'm old. (laughs) Not that old. No, no, no. (laughs) But, but it's like for me and especially in our generation, we have had like, and I assume it hasn't changed that much, but it's like, there's always been pressure of like, Oh, figure out what you want to do, like define it almost, you know, or like have a title. You need a title. You need some sort of like plan. And for me, it's always been like, not an insecurity, but I've never had a title for myself. Like I've never been like, oh, I want to be, you know, a lawyer or a doctor or like these, like, like I said, titles, like there's never been something that's like stuck out to me. I've learned over the years that I kind of want to like create it myself, you know, but as I was in school, it was like, that wasn't a thing that you were taught that you could create a job. No, not at all. Not at all. And I, I mean, I was an art history major 
in college. That was like the closest thing I could come to of thinking I was like, maybe I'll be a museum curator. Maybe I'll work at an ad agency. Like I really had no idea. And I think actually Wonderful kind of started from that place of not knowing. It was just, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was doing a bunch of internships and I was waiting tables and I had an opportunity to travel somewhere and volunteer at a school. And I was like, sure, that sounds good. And I just kind of followed things that looked interesting to me. And I think in that way, it was like a very entrepreneurial career path discovery process, you know, of just like, okay, do the things that are working, abandon the things that are not working and just keep following that path until you hone in on something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to keep that in mind for right now because, you know, know, it's like very meta, you know, you're just like kind of design thinking your way through a career process. Exactly. Exactly. No big deal. (laughs) Kind of easy, right? (laughs) Totally. Well, what made you want to like take the risk from this blog? And I guess you said you were kind of building it up over time without realizing it, but there, I assume that there was a point where you were like, okay, this is a lot bigger than, than just yourself. You know what I mean? So what was like that thing that made you take the risk to kind of like go all in into this, you know, what it is today? Yeah, that's a a great question. And I think, you know, when I had first started Wonderful, I often paint the picture of this like lowly, you know, solo travel blog. And actually I think, to speak to the nature of who I am, which you were just talking about, it kind of always started with multiple writers. I remember in the very early days going on Craigslist and being like, looking for other solo traveling women who want to share their stories on a new travel blog. And I like had a cute little brand name for it. And it wasn't called Wonderful. It was called Go Girl, which changed. And, you know, it was like, it was like the blog for women on the go, go girl or something. And, and so I think it had always had like this sort of existence outside of just me, but it definitely lived in that world as a travel blog for a number of years. And, you know, I was working in the nonprofit world. I was living in rural North Carolina. I had, you know, very little access to other people out there. My town was like 900 people. I was living there. My husband, my then boyfriend was in the military and we were stationed there. And then I moved to Chicago. And I think that's actually when things started to change for me first is like I was in a city and I found that there was a following on the blog and I wanted to connect people in person. And it just started as an event where we had a fundraiser for a nonprofit that was doing really cool things for women worldwide. And we were like, let's sell tickets for five bucks. We'll do a little storytelling event, you know, and see what happens. It was really that. And we had probably... 50 people that came to the first one, which felt like huge for somebody who had never, you know, done anything like that before. And, and I think it was going into that room and just seeing women talking with other women and how lit up they got just to talk with other people that they didn't even know, but they all had travel in common. I think that's when I realized that there was something here beyond just a blog. And then I actually went to business school. So I was in the space of international development and kind of international nonprofits for a number of years. And I was really fascinated by impact-driven businesses. And even then, like this was 20, let's see, I started business school in 2012. So it wasn't even that long. It was 10 years ago. Oh my God, what's (laughs) happening to time? But, you know, it's... 
at that time, even 10 years ago, social impact as it relates to business was not as refined as it is today. And, you know, I felt like there were kind of two worlds, either you're making money and you're doing super successfully or you're not, and you're helping the world. And there was that binary. And I was really curious about that. And I think we've kind of transcended that in a lot of ways, but not completely. And so I wanted to go to business school to kind of like, and I'm using air quotes to like, see how the other half lived. I was like, how do all of these businesses start and get really successful? And then you've got all these impact focused businesses that are trying to make the world better and they're like struggling. And so I went to business school to study social enterprise and ended up also studying entrepreneurship and innovation. And I think during that time sort of realized that this thing I had been sitting on was actually a business that could be like a financially viable business with not just readers, but customers and kind of building it out that way. And it was a really cool process, I think. Yeah. It sounds like it. Was that, was that like your main source of income? Did you have like other like side jobs throughout the... Yeah. There is no way that it went from like zero to hero that fast. No, I mean, our first money we made was probably like a $4 e-payment from the blogger ad network that we were part of, you know, and (laughs) I was doing it along with my full-time job for years. And then it was in 2014 that... I remember, you know, we had decided to run a conference and people are always like, well, who's we? Well, we was me plus whoever volunteers I had sort of like mangled Gathered, together right. clump of people, yeah, to like host this thing. Because again, I don't do things on my own. I don't know why I just always like bring other people together to do stuff. So we had like this group of volunteers. We had this idea of let's do a travel blogger summit. You know, we had started as a travel blog. Let's do that. We gave it a name, WITS, Women in Travel Summit. And, and it was, we had decided to do it in October of 2013. We planned it for March of 2014. We didn't realize that like five months was not nearly enough time to plan a conference, but we learned. And I remember it was January of that year, two months before the event. And I was literally like in my cubicle, I was working at Rotary International and I was in my cubicle at Rotary and I would like sneak away for breaks and hop on the phone. And I would like be standing on the roof of the Rotary building, like taking a sponsorship call yeah, and like trying to like pretend that this was like my day job, you know, and like not trying to be like, I am on my 15 minute break at my job, you know, managing this. And, and I think it was, you know, it it just got to a point where it was like, I will be honest and say, I wasn't making enough money to go full time at that point, but I had kind of just reached like a mental point of, I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot balance this, both of these things anymore. And And I want to be clear about that because I also believe that a lot of people don't have the luxury to make a leap like that. And and I do believe that you can start really incredible businesses while also working full-time or working part-time or, you know, working at a Starbucks or doing whatever you have to do to get it done. And I think that it doesn't do a service to think that like in order for a business to succeed, you have to like completely leave your nine to five, invest everything, take all your family's money. And, you know, I don't think that that's a responsible thing to do. In my case, I was, you know, recently married. I had a husband with a good career. I had savings and, and I took a lot of part-time jobs to just kind of like keep some cash flow. but I had to leave my full-time job. I just could not keep both going. And it was, that's been history. I've been running wonderful now since, you know, full-time since January of 2014. And it's been this wild and adventurous journey since then. 
Yeah, it sounds, it's honestly very inspiring, which I also didn't even say at the beginning, but that's kind of like the main reason why I even wanted you on here because I feel like you hear this a ton. I already know it, but you are very inspiring in the sense of like starting your own thing and just like running with it. You know what I mean? Like you believed in it more than anything else. And you kind of just, I think that's like truly what is behind success is actually believing that what you start can make it somewhere. Because I know that there is a lot of self-doubt and there's a lot of, you know, bad thoughts and and things that just could kind of like mess up that mentality of like being successful and believing in yourself and thinking like, oh, well, nobody else around me is quitting their job and starting something from scratch. You know what I mean? So I think there's like a lot of like outside voices and other opinions that could kind of get you to like not take the path that you truly like are meant to take. And I think that you did the opposite and you just went all in. And I don't know, it's just inspiring. I once had my ski instructor. And by the way, I don't know how to ski. I had a ski instructor for one day and then I swore off skiing for the rest of my life. He said to me, you're not a physical risk taker, (laughs) (laughs) but he said, you are an emotional risk taker. Mm. And I was like, Oh, wow. That's really deep, but it kind of makes sense. Like I do not like to ski. I do not like roller coasters. I do not like zip lining. I do not like anything that's fast moving. Right. But if it's like taking a risk and just diving into starting a business or my husband and I just bought a cafe during a pandemic, cause that was smart. It's, we're just, I just, I don't know. I have like no limit to my like willingness to take risks in that way. And I think it's just because I feel like life is just short and you've just got to do the thing that really makes you happy kind of in a way. And, and I do, I think there was just a quote that I read from Steve Jobs that was like, I truly believe that 90% of the people who are successful are successful purely because of perseverance. And, and I think that that's true. I think that especially because I think perseverance also means that you haven't figured out the right solution right away. And I think sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on ourselves and thinking like, well, I have the right idea and I just have to like stick to it and believe in this idea. But I think it's actually more like believing in yourself and your ability to find solutions based on this idea. Like idea in general might be good, but it still might need to be fine-tuned. You still might need to learn things. You still might need to pivot many times. You still might need to fail a few times, but it's like that perseverance that's going to allow you to make those failures and make those changes and evolve. And that evolution is what's going to lead into the future you that's doing this full time and making a salary from it. And I think like sometimes just having trust in your own brain and your own ability to like figure it out, that's kind of really the thing that you just need to have. Yeah, I love that. I was watching this video the other day and it was actually a video podcast and they were talking about how people who start their own business they ask around for help here and there, but at the end of the day, like they are doing a majority of the research. They're doing the majority, if not all of the work to get it started, to, to figure it out. And nowadays, like, unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to give away their secrets of how they made a successful business and things like that. And it's kind of like all on you, you need to go and research and basically work for free until you make the money that, you know, you see the business becoming. But it's like, if you're not completely passionate about it enough to do it yourself and figure it out yourself, then it might not work as well as you might think. 
And you know what? It's always going to look different. I think there's, you know, in the startup world, when I was in business school, there was always this question of like, you know, do you tell people like how you did it? Or do you tell people like, if you have a business idea, do you tell people your business idea? And some people like guard those ideas very closely. And I don't because the idea is literally like 1% of the business. You also need to be able to manage the finances and figure out the business model and hire. You have to hire really good people and you have to be that really good person. You have to be a good salesperson and you have to be able to talk about it and you have to be able to convince your clients why they need it and design a really good website. And there's so many elements to building a business beyond just an idea. And I do, that's why I'm kind of like perseverance is such an important part because, you know, I do think that life experience can be helpful sometimes, but I started this right out of college. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of work experience myself and the learning that you do along the way, there is so much to learn that I could give you, I could tell you everything I know about what I did, but it still wouldn't get, you have to figure a lot of your own stuff out too. And your business is going to be unique to you. And, you know, we're all very unique people. So I have like yeah. no problem just telling people like, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to be like, you can't replicate what I have, but like, you are only going to create what you have. I'm going to create right. what I have, you know? So why not help each other a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And it differs, like you said, from person to person in terms of like, sure, you could tell me everything, but that might not be like the original idea that I had. So then you kind of like curate it of all the information that you're kind of figuring out. What else I was going to ask you was in terms of like struggles in this business and not only being an entrepreneur, but being a woman entrepreneur and with this whole being a woman in travel there is a lot of struggles that come along with it. So I'm just curious as to like what you have found to be one of your biggest struggles or many struggles, you know, I know I have some. (laughs) Yeah, sure. No, I mean, I think honestly, being a woman in the travel space, I think being taken seriously is like a huge one. And I mean that from a different, a few different angles. One is just, I think the travel industry isn't taken seriously. I think we look at the travel industry as, because we, a lot of us conventionally think of travel as like going on vacation and eating food and stuff. We don't think about, we don't think about travel on a deeper level, which we should. We should be thinking about how we are entering somebody else's home and about what that means and about our responsibilities as as travelers and members of the industry. But like, so we're starting from the place of travel being a, a nice to have industry. And then we're also coming from a place where women actually dominate travel. We make 85% of the decisions on the consumer end. We have 55% of the jobs in hospitality. We are in virtually so many roles in travel. But the thing that we're not in is in leadership. A lot of us are not owners of travel companies or, you know, C-suite level leaders. And so I think, you know, as a woman, it's this really weird place that we operate where we really are the dominating market, but we're not treated as such and people don't see us as such. And we're kind of viewed as this sort of niche market. And I think that trickles down to a lot of women having fear about traveling alone. I really think that those things are related because we have a lot of women who are wanting to go out into the world by themselves and a world that's telling them that travel isn't for them. But if only we knew that actually it was designed and created by you, you know, and, and so I think, you know, being taken seriously as innovator and an entrepreneur in this space, but also even, you know, because we are designing so much of an industry that 
didn't exist before. I mean, digital content didn't exist as much 10 years ago as it does now. It means that when we go to a sponsor, not only do I have to assert myself as a you know, capable business owner and assert my industry is an industry that you should be investing in. But I also have to assert why the approach that we have, which is in digital content and creators and online and hybrid community, why that is of value. And so I spend an inordinate amount of time with people who work in PR and marketing, some who get it, who are amazing and lovely and others who don't and just kind of advocating for the value of what we have. And, and it's really hard work. And I think that that has been, you know, the number of times we went through a process of raising money. We're not raising money anymore. That's a whole other story, but we went through so many times with like prospective investors who were like, I don't really, is there a market for this? I don't really know when we were like, are you serious? You're literally it's such a big market that you can't even see it because it's all around you. Yeah. And I think that that has been a real struggle. And it's actually one of the things that keeps me feeling really passionately about events like WITS, which are all about creating opportunities for content creators and brands to meet because I feel like we have been able to help a lot of women build their businesses and advocate for themselves in ways that we ourselves have struggled. And, you know, every time we sell a sponsorship for WITS, we're kind of opening a door for the 500 content creators that are following us to now advocate for themselves to that brand to be sponsored by them, you know? And yeah. I think it it gives me a little bit more of that feeling of like, okay, this isn't just about us. This is about like carving out this segment of the industry for other women, for other travelers, for other content creators and growing that. Yeah, I think it's very important, you know, make sure that our voice is heard too because of the fact that, it's rare, you know, and like you said, with the leadership roles, it's scary wanting to jump into a leadership role, honestly, in any industry, but especially the travel industry, because of the fact that like, it's just, it's run by men. And like, we have to kind of going all the way back to like believing in ourselves and believing that we are capable of like standing up for ourselves. And I don't know, just like speaking up for ourselves, you know? Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Well, on the contrary to that, what would you say your favorite part of being a woman in travel is? Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the travel is a pretty good highlight, I have to say, you know, being able to get out there and see the world. I think, you know, it's like the hardest stuff is also the most gratifying stuff. Like I do, I think that when we do, when we have a win, you know, when we notice that a travel company has changed the way they operate because of a way we've spoken out about something or, you know, somebody's been able to secure a really big brand deal and it was somebody who was a sponsor at Wits that actually opened the door for them. You know, like those are all really gratifying moments. And, and even from the very base level, like I talk a lot about content creators, but the majority of the wonderful community is just women who love to travel. And, you know, when I see somebody take a picture that's like, I'm in Mexico city and I met up with Pam and we're, we're having dinner together. And that's really what I wanted to create was a space where you could show up in any airport and just have instant access to somebody who could give you advice and be there for you and guide you and, and help you out. And to be able to know that, that that was created, that there are women out there that I don't even know, like if that person took a picture, how many people are there doing that who didn't take pictures, who are just feel like they have a little bit more of a network that they can tap into whenever they go somewhere and that somebody's going to be really welcoming to them and help them. And I think that's just the best feeling to know that we've created those connections for people. 
Yeah. And also like the importance of the community aspect too. immediately, if like you're in a room full of men and then there's one other woman, I feel like there's already an instant connection just because of the fact that. So it's like, I think that building a brand about women in travel, it creates that sense of community without having to do much else. You know, just the fact that we're women and that we love travel. That's about all you need. That's about all you need. No, it's true. I mean, that community is so natural and it just happens so easily. And I think, and people want it, you know, we really just want it so desperately. And so I think that it is, it's really great. I mean, we don't have to do a lot of pushing. I feel like a facilitator in a lot of ways. And that's what makes, you know, every event that we have, whether it's a chapter meetup, whether it's WITS, whether it's Wanderfest that we just hosted our big travel festival we did in downtown New Orleans, you know, all of those, I mean, there's this feeling that you get of just endless support and sisterhood and community and women helping women. And that that's not manufactured. That's real. You know, that's just what it is to be a woman in this space. And, and I think, sure, we had some level to do with it in terms of sort of setting that culture and, you know, creating that culture, but, but really it just comes from our community. And, and I think, yeah, I just feel like sometimes it's, you just kind of, you like create the party, right? You get the drinks out, you get the music going and then you just step aside and like let people show up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you gave a lot of insight in terms of like believing in yourself and speaking up and all of this, you know, inspiring words, but what would you, on a final note, like what advice would you give to somebody just starting, whether that be on the entrepreneurial path on the solo travel path, both, you know, just like a younger version of yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, I would lean into something that I kind of started saying earlier, which is, I think the, you know, there's, especially in the starting a business world, there's this narrative that we have that like, if you're starting a business, if you're starting something new, if you're going on an adventure, you need to go all in, right? You need to just like dive in with two feet head first give all your money to that vision that you have, you know, invest everything. In fact, that's what investors ask. They're like, how much have you personally invested in this? Have you asked your friends and family for money yet? Da da da. And I think that that expectation, both when we're talking about business, but also when we're just talking about like getting out there and traveling or exploring things that we really love. Like, I think the expectation to just completely dive into something, I think it's not doing us any justice because the people who do have the luxury to like dive in completely to something, give all of their money to that thing, not worry about where their, you know, money is going to come from, take, you know, everything that they have and invest in it. The only people who can do that and get out of it okay is people with an intense level of privilege and financial comfort. Like those are the only people. And so, and because we have that expectation, we've also created a world where the people who succeed as founders are the people who are coming from that place of privilege. And I think we have to stop talking about that narrative and start really elevating people who do this part-time, people who do this as caregivers or as parents, people who, you know, are working on a dream, but also working on other things at the same time. And I think that that's great, you know, in whatever way that you can make this work for yourself, 
do it that way. You know, you should not have to be eating ramen every single day and not sleeping and like investing all your money in this dream and living in a garage. You know, you shouldn't have to sacrifice some basic elements of quality of life, especially if you're taking care of somebody else. And and so I would just say, you know, to that person thinking about diving in, I would say, do it 100%. Just do it. Do something that you, that, you know, lights your fire, that gets you really excited, that makes you, you know, want to wake up early in the morning to work on it. But also don't give yourself so much pressure that you feel like you have to abandon everything else, you know, find ways to make it work, take a part-time job, do some consulting, do it, you know, aside from a full-time job, like you can have both of those things. You just have to give yourself the patience to take those steps. Yeah, I love that. And I think that what you said is kind of the opposite of what a lot of people will say is kind of just like, go all in, invest all your money. And it's like, sure, great. That's a great idea, but a majority of the time it might not. And then you've sacrificed everything. You've eaten ramen for the past couple months and now your business has failed just because that's what happens in business. You know what I mean? And now you have to start over with no money and, and kind of working your way back up. So I think that's great advice just to kind of like take it slowly, but still do it. Yeah, absolutely. You can, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can have both and you'll find the time that's right for you when you need to make that switch. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it again, especially with all the last minute changes. So where can people find you and like all the social medias and websites and things like that? Yeah. So the company is wonderful. The URL is she's wonderful.com. That's S H E S wonderful with an A.com. And then all of our social handles are at she's wonderful. If you want to find out about our conference, that's the women in travel summit. You can go to, you can visit it on the wonderful website, but you can also go direct to W I T summit.com with summit.com. Our festival is wanderfestevent.com. And if you want to follow me, I have my own site at bethsantos.com and all of my social handles are Maximum Beth. Awesome. Well, I'll have everything linked down below. It'll be a a nice long list so everyone can find it easily. And thank you so much again. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you aren't already, you can follow along with the podcast at Lifestyle Redesign Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to follow along with me and my travel journeys, you can follow Sam Evans Travel on Instagram or send me an email if you want to reach out at samevanstravel at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.